Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is Meditation and Mindfulness with Rabbi Adam Klickfeld. Good morning, everyone, to those who are here in Pilch Hall at Temple Beth Am, uh, and hello to those who are joining on Zoom, Boker Tov. Hello to those who are joining on Facebook, whether on my profile or um, the Temple Beth Am page. Michael, <laughs> you're just at the back there. Um, and hello to anyone who might be joining later on asynchronously uh, via the Temple Beth Am podcast. It's great to be with you all. Sorry, we're a few minutes late. If you were, if you, if you uh, set your alarm for 8:15 Pacific on Friday morning, uh, there was a lot going on at Daily Minion at Temple Beth Am today, which was uh, wonderful, important, but we have a a few minutes delay. Um, oftentimes when I teach on a Shabbat afternoon, which gets me thinking about the Parsha, the themes that I taught about and brought up end up staying with me the whole week. And, um, sometimes they come back in, in different forms. I don't know if anyone here, were you here Shabbat afternoon this past week, Alan? Yeah. So no, I don't think anyone who's watching right now, um, was exposed to this particular text. It's a Hasidic text written by Rabbi Simcha Bunim of Pshischa one of the great Hasidic masters, who um, is basically a commentary on a midrash that is brought up in, in, in Rashi's commentary on what Rivka's experience was when she was pregnant with the twins, right? The Torah says, that the twins were grappling with each other in her innards. Um, uh, but... Tomer, um, she said, if, that, if it's going to be this way, why should I even live? She went to seek out God. And classically, Rashi brings a famous Midrash that imagines that these babies in utero are not just future Esav and future Yaakov, but they are archetypes for future Jewish people and future Jewish people's enemies. And what were they running for? Because you can read as the root of Ras to run. That when Rebecca, the pregnant woman, would walk by uh, a yeshiva and a, a wonderful anachronism of a yeshiva, uh, Yaakov would be scuffling to get out because he wanted to go study Torah. And when she would walk by a house of ill repute, of idolatry, Asa would be struggling to get out. That's the classic way of understanding it. It's a very um, common trope in rabbinic text, a binary of we are running to things that are noble and worthy and they, whoever they are, they're running to shmuthidic things. On that text, Rabbi Simcha Bunim Pshischa says, hey, wait a second. She didn't know she was having twins. How could her experience have been that one of her children was running to good stuff and one of her children running to bad stuff? There were no high-end sonograms back then. We, the reader, are told that that there are twins in her belly. But that's not, that doesn't mean that we believe that she knew that. She was experiencing this turmoiled uh, pregnancy as if it was one baby in there, not two. And if it's one baby in there, what's the duality? If the duality is not between us and them, the duality is between us and us. And the parts of us, the parts of her imagined one child, she only thought one, that might be drawn towards noble pursuits, yeshiva study, Torah study, mitzvot, and the parts of her to-be-born son that is driven to less noble pursuits. And he grafts it onto the Yetzir HaTov and the Yetzir HaRat, right? The inclination for good that blessedly many of us have good doses of. 
and the inclination for evil that no matter how, how you slice it, all of us have significant doses of. We could be very, very fine people, and I know that we all are. But our understanding is that we're fine people because we have confronted our Yetzirahara over and over and over and over again. And at most opportunities in which the Yetzirahara could dominate, we find a way to make the Yetzirahara tov be victorious. Right? So he's saying her confusion or her misery was not knowing how it was all going to turn out. Is this child, because she thought it was one, uh, and, and the phrase he uses is, who's going to strike the final hammer blow, right? Who's going to, de- who's going to make the deciding blow to make sure to see if this child is going to be tending towards the ra or tending towards the good. So heavy stuff, but I want to, you, it's, it's a way into a short meditation on our own internal struggle between the things that are driving us to do the right and the things that are driving us to do the wrong and how we activate uh, the former more than the latter. With that in mind, I invite you finally, sorry it was such a long intro, to close your eyes and start enjoying the retreat deeper into yourself. Like a turtle who's withdrawn his extremities, he's still completely there but protected from everything on the outside. Your reality right now is entirely internal. All of the imperfections of sound that might be surrounding you, because we are not in a perfect sound-free zone, Just try to push to the periphery of your consciousness. If a sound interrupts your concentration and it's dominating your thought, just try to turn the sound into a helium balloon and release it. Let it go. Let it float away. It doesn't have to be central to your experience. And lean into breathing. Once again, allowing nishima, breath, to enlarge and to ennoble nishama, soul. For a moment, try to clear your mind of anything other than counting ten deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. If you lose track of the count, you can start again. Another thought penetrates. Don't be angry. Don't resent it. Just release it and come back to your breathing as we journey deeper into this moment of mindfulness.
We are Rivka every day. A struggling, a churning, a battling, an arm wrestling between Yetzir Hatov and Yetzir Hara. Between a life of Torah and meaning and purpose and pleasures and sinfulness and waywardness. Rivka experienced in her belly we experience in our own. an opportunity to do the right thing in front of us. We feel that urge pulling us in that direction. And when the opportunity to stray comes to us, it can be a magnet pulling us into the vortex. Each side, each aspect, running in opposite directions in our kishkas, day after day, after day. Think of a moment in the last 24 hours or coming up in the next 24 hours where you will, where you were, or where you will be presented with an opportunity to run like Asav did. A moment where the Yetzer Hatov was being dominated or will be dominated by the Yetzer Hara. What did it feel like in that moment of temptation? How are you going to decide how to act when it presents itself. What part of you enjoys that departure from what you know to be right? What has your Yetzirah told you that you gain from it? And you see yourself in that moment of immediate past or immediate future, present, facing an opportunity to run towards the evil and resisting it. What inner strength does it take when no one's looking? When no one will know? 
to allow the Tov to defeat the Ra. Now allow your mind to go back to a recent triumph or an upcoming one that you anticipate. Where it was your Yetzer Hatov that dealt the final blow and was victorious because you were patient or you will be generous because you stood for the good because you resisted the urge because your kishkas churned and pushed you in the right direction. What did that feel like? And what is it going to feel like? Deep in your innards, as the struggle continues, and the urge to the tov, to the good, finds a way to eke out a victory. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. I'll share the closing prayer on the screen, and those who have it in front of us can read as well. And we'll end this time together, reciting it three times. May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. May we live in great equanimity free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. 
May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. May we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. May we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for all, but rather with compassion for all. Say to you all shalom and Shabbat shalom and namaste. And have a good day, everyone. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tba.org.